Hey, everybody. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. So glad to see each and every one of you. Today, we are starting a series called Mirror, Mirror. And this is really exciting because when we think about mirrors, I don't think a lot of us have looked in the mirror lately. Uh, I don't know how your quarantine dynamic is going at your house. Uh, But let me just go ahead and ask you that question. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror lately? And, And if you did, let me ask the next most difficult question. What is it that you saw? Because probably what you saw is some hair that needed to be cut, right? You probably saw your roots. Come on, somebody. You probably saw the natural color of your hair. And and I would, forgive me for saying this, for some of you, you've seen it for the very first time in a very long time, and you actually know what your natural hair color is. Uh, There was a recent poll I just saw recently that said selfies on uh, social media, Facebook, at an all-time low. At an all-time low, I, I, I'm sure the, the, it, there's a correlation there. Uh, in fact, we're, we're not putting pictures of ourselves on social media now. Now we're, we're back to trying to get other people to post pictures in their camera rolls. I mean, that's how far it's gotten. But I, I just want to ask you this question. Did you know that God made you, when you look in a mirror, a different kind of mirror, to be a reflection of his son, Jesus Christ? that God actually made you to be walking in your life in an image of what he made you to be. And I'm not talking about rocking the sandals and the robe thing. It's a different kind of a thing. It's deeper than that. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 3.18, listen to what he says. He says, but we all, he's talking to the church, we all beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that same image. It's like this idea of we're, we're in this life and we're looking in this mirror. And when we see the reflection of what our lives look like, it's supposed to, it's supposed to look and feel and sound like Christ. Do you see that? Do you see that in your own life? Now, you also need to know that one of the greatest tactics that Satan uses is to keep you from seeing yourself the way God sees you. to to keep you from seeing the worthiness and the purity that that God uh, died so that you could have. And what he loves to do is obscure our view of ourselves so that instead of seeing that, we we see our faults and our failures. I've heard it said before, you have too, that we're our own worst critics. And, And I would even take it a step further and say, we don't criticize ourselves, we crucify ourselves. I mean, when we start thinking about what our lives and, and the faults and failures that we have, we, we really pin it to ourselves. And it tarnishes our ability to see ourselves the way that God really sees us and grow in him. And in this series, Mirror, Mirror, for three weeks, we're, we're going to be talking about this, this mirror that we look into to get a glimpse of what our spiritual image really is. Now, I'm not talking about a literal mirror. I'm talking about a figurative mirror that we look into. And, and it's the mirror that we ask the hard question. Who am I? We, we, we look into this mirror and we ask the question, what do I represent? Who, who am I really way down deep? Now, God paid an awfully big price so that when we answer that question, we can say, you know what? I'm reflecting the purity and the worthiness of Jesus. But for the next three weeks, we're, we're gonna be talking about the things that Satan uses to fog up that mirror and obscure it. And, and so all we see is this distorted view of ourselves. And so today, we're going to be talking about relationships. Did you know that when, when we give relationships the wrong priority in our lives, they rob us from seeing ourselves the way God sees us? 
Relationships. Just take a second and think about the relationships that are the most important to you in life right now. When we prioritize them the wrong way, they can keep us from seeing ourselves the way God sees us. Let me just jump right in and say this. This is going to be good. Everybody wants love. Everybody, don't deny it. Everybody wants love. In fact, Proverbs 19.22 says it like this. What a man desires, now this isn't just a, a man. He, the Hebrew word there means human being, so this is everybody. What every human being desires is unfailing love. Just say it right where you're at. Unfailing. We, we all want it. We don't just want love. We want a love that doesn't fail. Nobody has, has ever said that I've met, you probably too as well. No one has ever said, you know, I, I want to be loved 83%. You know, just, that's enough for me. The rest of it can kind of just come or go. No, no, everybody wants to be loved with, with an unfailing love. We, we, we want to put that kind of love at the center of our hearts, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, the scripture says that this is who we are. This, as human beings, we desire unfailing love. There's not a problem with that until you begin to expect unfailing love from another individual, another person. In fact, to expect them to give you love that doesn't fail actually sets them up for failure and at the same time sets you up for deep disappointment. And here's the reason why. Other people are capable of loving us without conditions. They're they're capable of loving us unconditionally, but no human being that has ever lived or existed or will exist in the future is capable of loving without failing. Every human being fails at a given time. And an unfailing love can only come from God. But we can easily put the relationships in our lives at the center of our hearts. Think about again. Think about the relationship that's the closest to you. We we can easily put that at the center of our hearts. And it's just a matter of time uh, because the relationships we have on this earth are with human beings. It's just a matter of time before the human being fails us. And I don't care how long you've been with somebody. I don't care how long uh, they've loved you and you've loved them. At some point, you look at them and you say, what planet are you from? Like, that they fail you in such a way that you just can't even believe. And, and, and hurt comes after that. And failure breeds hurt. Hurt breeds holes in our heart. But listen, God made us to be in a relationship with, with people. He did. So I'm not dis- discrediting that. He made us to have deep bonds with other people on this, on this planet and in our lives. But he never meant for us to hold them at the center of our hearts. He, he never meant for us to, to hold another human being in such a way where we expect them to be our source for unfailing love. And, and as long as you hold a relationship there, a place designed for God to dwell and, and meet your deepest needs at the center of your heart, as good as the relationship may be, you're expecting a person to give you what only God can give. And ultimately, it will, it will diminish the view of ourselves in Christ. And instead of, of, of looking in this mirror and seeing the image of Christ, we see unmet expectation because that relationship is at the center of our heart and it's, it's defining who we are and, and it's, it's setting the image of who we are. And, and, and we see things like fear, Fear of losing the relationship, maybe because of a failed relationship, or, or maybe we, we, we look at ourselves and we see, you know, there's fear in me over, over the person that I love getting sick and me losing them maybe to death. There, we, we, we see frustration because of their failures, because they do fail. And, and when that relationship is at the center of our heart and not God, and we've prioritized it that way, we, we, the self-image that portrays back at us is, is frustration, 
or maybe disappointment over what that person in that relationship expects you to be. I, I would imagine Solomon in the Bible with the amount of wealth and power and wisdom that God gave him, he, he probably had some great relationships. He went through this season of putting relationships at the center of his heart, and he, this is what he concluded. Now, this is the wisest man who ever lived, so we should tune in and listen to what he says. Ecclesiastes 1.14, he said, I've seen all the things that are under the sun, and all of them are meaningless. <laughs> a chasing after the wind. Do you, do you know what a chasing after the wind is? pointless. It's pointless. And so I I just want to take a second and warn you of a couple of things that you're going to experience if you expect unfailing love from a person in a relationship. And it begins to define your your image. The first thing is this, you're going to experience spiritual darkness. It's as simple as this. Even if you have a, a great, great association with God, but you've placed a relationship at the center of your heart, Your spiritual temperature is going to decrease as you go through the ups and downs of hurt and happiness and look for a person to be your source of healing and joy and direction. God is the only one that can provide that. And I think we all know that in principle. We all know that in theory. We read the word and we kind of know that. But how easy it is to, to know it here but never get it here. So what we end up doing is we end up having unhealed hurts that happy times in the relationship can't fix. And the result of that is anger. And the byproduct of anger, if it's not healed, becomes bitterness. Now, Pastor Ryan, you've just gone way far. You've just made a big stretch there. Listen, we're all human beings. I've, I've seen people lose themselves because B11 on the vending machine gave them Pringles instead of a Nutter Butter, okay? I, I can promise you, you're capable of it. And I'm not trying to, to compare the two. I'm being somewhat facetious. But what I am saying is that when we keep expecting something that will never happen ultimately, it only ends in a bitter root. Listen, listen to what happens to our relationship with God when that happens in 1 John 2, 9. It says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother, this is a bitter root, is still in the darkness. So instead of walking around in the light of God because he's my source of unfailing love, I end up stumbling in darkness because I'm bitter because somebody failed me. And when I look at myself in in that mirror, I don't resemble Christ. I resemble something else. And because of that spiritual darkness, I begin to experience diminished sensitivity to God. I do not hear God's voice when I'm bitter. I, I don't. Psalm 73, 21 and 22, the, the writer says this. This is interesting. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, listen to what happens next, I was senseless and ignorant. Now, he could have stopped there, but he didn't. He went on and gave us a picture. I was a brute beast before you. <laughs> a brute beast. Now, I just want you to imagine you're going by a field and you see a cow in the middle of the field and he's just sitting there swinging his tail and flies and he's chewing hay. And you go up to him and you say, hey, cow, come here. Or, hey, cow, I want you to do something. Or, hey, cow, I've got this great plan and you and I are gonna work it out together. What does that cow do? He just moves at you. <laughs> you know, he doesn't do anything. And that's, that's what he's saying it's like when we're bitter and we're trying to hear the voice of God. We just, we're, we're not going to listen and heed the voice of God. We're not even going to necessarily hear what he's saying. We're going to be senseless and we're going to be ignorant. Why? Because God's voice leads us to do the opposite of what bitterness leads us to do. When, when God is speaking to us, he leads us to be pliable. 
and to be open. But when we have a, a bitter heart, that, that leads us to build walls and close people off. When God is speaking to us, he asks us to forgive. And he leads us to find ways that we can reconcile relationships. But bitterness, man, that'll lead us to condemn others and make demands. When, when God is leading us, he, he's leading us to rest. But if you've ever had a bitter root inside of you or knows somebody who is, they're the most anxious, tenacious people that there are. Ultimately, God causes us to look in the mirror and look more and more like Christ every day. But bitterness, when I have that bitter root in me, it causes me to look more and more like the world. So what, what can I do? How can I avoid that? Well, there's two things that you need to do, two things I wanna tell you. Write these down. One is you gotta put people in their proper place. Now, I know some of you would love to put people in their place. That's not the thing I'm talking about. Jesus defined what that is for us in Matthew 22. He said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first, say first right where you're at. This is the first and greatest command. And then he said this, and the second, say second, second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now did the neighbor come first or did the neighbor come second? The neighbor came second. That's the priority. And so I just want you to take every person that you're in relationship with, the ones that are the closest to you, and I just, I want you to put their name in the place of neighbor. <laughs> People in your life, they come second only to God, whether it's your spouse or whether it's your mom or whether it's your dad or whether it's your kids or whoever it is, the people that are most important to you, they have to come second. You gotta put them in their proper place. And I just wanna say this as boldly as I know how, people just like that have a special place in our lives, but they do not belong in our hearts. God does. Now, I've just blown half of you away and some of you are getting ready to write me some emails. I, I need you to hear me. We really have to change the way we think. We need people in our lives. God put people in our lives. And, and sometimes we think, well, they just need to be in my heart because I love them so much and they're so valuable to me. When in reality, you need God in your heart so that you have something valuable to give every single relationship that you have. People have a special place in your life, but only God belongs in your heart. And when you put him first like that, he will use unlikely situations to bring something valuable through you to the people that you love the most. I said it a minute ago, every person that you're in relationship with on this, in this planet is a human being and they're capable of failure. They're going to fail you. And every time a person fails me, it hurts, man, and it leaves a hole. And sometimes I want to retaliate and do things. But if God is at the center of my heart, he will use failure. When people fail me, he'll use that hurt to make me look more like him. And so they fail me, and I, and I go to God with it because he's at the center of my heart. And I say, God, what do I do with this? Lord, I, 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 I want to strangle them. Have you been there? Lord, I, I don't know what to do with myself. But then he reminds me of something. He, he reminds me of who I am in him. He reminds me that I'm loved and that I'm not defined by any other thing except for his unfailing love for me. And then get this, he, he reminds me that, that, you know what, the person that hurt me, they're not my enemy. And that they're hurting too. And he, he causes me because my heart and my mind are focused on him. He causes me to see them in a new light. And he causes me to, to be reminded of the love that he had for me and, and how I'm supposed to now show them that love. And, and so I go back out and, and I'm not retaliating. Now I'm actually able to show them the love of Christ 
Because I, I remembered it because when I was on my face before him, he showed me what that love was once again because we all need to be reminded. And, and I give that to my relationship, the most valuable thing you can give. And that relationship begins to flourish. Not because we're perfect people, not because we love each other so much, but because we're connected to our source, God, who is perfect. And when we begin to, to go back to this mirror and, and say, what, is, what, 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 what am I all about? What defines me? I'm able to say, I've, I've walked a path with you, God, and, and I'm looking at myself, and I look like Jesus Christ. I'm his, and he's mine. But you gotta put people in their proper place. And once you've done that, put Christ at the center of your heart. Put Christ at the center of your heart. And that's, that's not an easy thing to do, but I, I wanna ask you a tough question because we're thinking about the people that we love in this life and we're thinking about the people uh, that, that are the closest to us. Maybe it's a spouse or a friend or someone that you just can't live without. And I, just want, I wanna ask you a tough question right now. Has anyone in any relationship that you've had like that ever done what Christ has done to earn the right to be there at the center of your heart? Has anybody in your life and relationship, I mean, think about it, whoever it is, have they done what Christ has done to earn the right to be at the center of your heart? And that's a tough question, but I really want, to, want you to stop and think about that for a minute. Has, has John 1, 12 ever been said about them? Look at what it says. Yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Has anybody in any relationship that you've ever had given you the right to become a child of God? As much as you love them and as much as you, know, you, you don't know what you do without them, is your image based on the love described in 1 John 3, 1, where he says, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Has anybody in any relationship done that for you to earn the right to be at the center of your heart? We gotta put Christ at the center of our hearts. It's his image that the scriptures tell us to reflect. It's his image that makes us whole. It's his image that gives us the most joy in our lives when we can look in the mirror and at the end of the day know that we're not reflecting the image of any other thing than of Christ Jesus who died for me. Christ Jesus who loves me enough to sacrifice for me, who made me a child of God. And when you do, you're gonna be on a path to seeing yourself the way God sees you. And, and, and when you do that, I, I can promise you, you'll be able to stand in the mirror and, and make some bold declarations. People may fail me in my life, but I'm acceptable. I'm acceptable to God. I, I can look at myself and I'm, I'm reflecting the image of Jesus Christ. And because of that, I have a knowledge inside of my heart and I know that I'm acceptable to God. Other people may accept me sometimes and conditionally. Other people may slam the door in my face. But one thing I know, I can always go to God who's in the center of my heart and I can look at the mirror and know that I am acceptable to God. I, I can make that declaration. I can make this declaration that I'm significant in God's eyes. There is nothing that can take away the significance that God has put in me. He put a DNA inside of me that's unique only unto me. And if, get this, if you took the DNA inside of you and stretched it out physically, it would span the solar system twice. Every single cell in your DNA has been infused when we put God at the center of our hearts to have the power of God inside of us. We can stand in the mirror and look at ourselves and say, I am significant because I have Jesus Christ at the center of my heart.
we can look in the mirror and, and say something that I don't know if a lot of us have had trouble saying. I'm loved. I'm loved. Do you know that God loves you? Do you know that no matter what you've been through, no matter how rough of a go you've had of it, no matter who's walked out, no matter who's stayed, that God is the same and he loves you? And when you put Christ at the center of your heart, you can make that declaration and know that you're loved with an unfailing love. And not only are you loved with an unfailing love, but there's nothing you can do. When you're at your worst, he still loves you just the same. It doesn't diminish. When you don't feel like it, when, when your feelings make you feel like you're the worst person on the planet, when you have God in the center of your heart that's unwavering, he doesn't change. You can look at yourself and your image and, and you can make the declaration, that person I'm looking at in the mirror is loved. I am loved by God. Have you ever heard somebody say that God loves you or, or maybe read it in the Bible and you heard it with your ears and, and you read it with your eyes, but, but you didn't know it? I want you to know right now that God loves you. And, and if you didn't know it, could it be that you're expecting it from our relationship? Could it be that you're ex still expecting that, that unconditional, that unwavering, that unfailing love from somebody else and you're coming up empty? The Bible has lots to say about God's unfailing love. Let me just read a couple to you real fast. Psalm 32 says, unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Not a friendship, they trust the Lord. Psalm 36, seven says, how precious is your unfailing love, oh God. That wasn't directed at a spouse, not a family member. Psalm 137 says, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is unfailing love and his redemption overflows. And I just want you to tell you that there is, there is no love, there is nothing on this planet that has the power to redeem me and to love me through my worst behavior than the unfailing love of Jesus Christ. And Romans says it like this, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I just wanna ask the question, have you been missing out on that unfailing love? Because right there where you're at, right there in this moment, God is speaking to your heart. And I believe he's saying, he's calling out your name. And I believe some of you right now feel, right now in your heart, you feel God calling you. Some of you know the things that you've put in the center of your heart and, and it needs to be removed. Some of us with good intentions have put people that mean a lot to us at the center of our hearts. And what God is saying is I wanna occupy that space. I wanna love you in a way that nobody else can. Would you accept him today? Maybe you've, you've never accepted him and right now you would say, I, I wanna feel that love you're talking about, Pastor. I wanna be able to look at myself in the mirror and I don't wanna see my faults and my failures anymore. I wanna see the image of Christ. I wanna see holiness and purity in me. I'm telling you right now, God promised that for you. And it just takes accepting him and starting that journey right now. Will you pray with me where you are? God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity to know your word. Lord, to hear it and to do something with it. And Father, I just pray right now for the people that are, are watching right now and they're saying, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I wanna put him at the center of my heart. Maybe you'd pray a prayer with me just like this. God, I need you. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you sacrificed for me and you, you died for me. 
I believe that you really were the son of God and are the son of God. And I believe when you died, you rose from the grave and you're alive today. And because of that, I can be alive too. I can be alive in Christ. I'm not perfect, I'll never be, but I I accept your perfection in my place. And I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, can we say amen together? Amen and amen. If you said that prayer and you meant that in your heart, would, would you just let us know that? You'll see something on the screen. You, you can let us know that you prayed to receive Christ today. We wanna be in prayer for you. We wanna know that you accepted Jesus Christ to be in the center of your heart, that you, you wanna walk. And when you look in this mirror, you wanna see the image of Jesus Christ. Let us know that. We wanna be in prayer for you. We have some things we wanna follow up with you about. And, and we just want you to know we love you so much and we're here for you.